stretch like a detail. The physical changes are secondary. It's the mental transformation that gets people hooked on health and fitness. Welcome to the Mental Reps Podcast, where you've come to grow your mind in order to transform your body. I'm your host, Deanna. Let's dive right in. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Mental Reps Podcast, the MRP. I'm your host, Deanna, and I cannot thank you enough for tuning in and joining us for today. We are going to be doing a little Q&A action where you guys ask the questions, and here I am providing the answers. And I like to do these from time to time just for you guys to be able to kind of I don't know, pick pick my brain and, and ask questions on certain topics that are maybe coming up for you, showing up in your life, things that you're struggling with. Um, and I always fish through the questions and kind of weed through things uh, just to find topics that I feel, like I always say, am very confident talking about. Uh, if you ask me a question that I truly have no idea, no answer to, I've never been through it personally, or maybe I could give you an answer, but it just, I don't know, it's coming straight off of Google, to, to me, there there is no point in giving my insight to that. So I picked three questions for today that kind of hit home for me and allow me to really be able to give my insight um, and hopefully can be helpful to each of you because I also do think that they are broad enough where most of you out there, even if this was not you who asked the question, you can benefit from learning a little bit more into this area specifically. So before we dive in, a few major announcements for each of you guys tuning in to the MRP. First things first, if you have not gone and grabbed your official MRP merch, I don't know what the heck you're waiting for, okay? We've got two different pieces that launched for this first ever Mental Reps podcast apparel line, and I'm very excited about it. Hopefully you guys can tell, but more so because of the message behind each of these pieces. And and you'll notice them as you can click on the link of the description of today's episode and kind of shop around a little bit. You'll notice that it's not just, you know, the Mental Reps podcast, like this, the MRP, like it's bigger than that. And on both of the pieces, the MRP logo is a hell of a lot smaller than the logo on the back. And I want to really be able to represent, you know, what this show stands for, what I stand for, what I live by. And after many, many conversations with each of you, uh, what each of you live by as well, and how each of you plan to show up in your life and get better and continue to strive for that next step. You can now rock that as your own little personal reminder of exactly what it is you're trying to do. So the link to shop for the apparel is in the description, like I said, of today's episode. And I seriously genuinely cannot thank you guys enough for all of the endless support and just even buying into it and wanting to be a part of this bigger message. It, it means the absolute world to me. And I just, uh, I cannot wait to get mine in the mail and I can't wait to be rocking it. So if you need it, the link is there and let's roll right into today's episode. Question number one reads, how do you not lose progress when you are sick? And then this individual goes on to explain a little bit more about just feeling like crap for their health and fitness journey uh, whenever they start to feel a little bit down, a little bit sick, a little bit under the weather. So I love this question because I feel like the last um, chunk of time, just the winter in general, a lot of people get sick. And when you're traveling a lot for the holidays, for this, you're around a ton of people. Uh, a lot of times people fall victim to just even the cold, kind of stuffy, kind of congested, the flu, all of those nasty things, which at the end of the day, who the heck wants to be dealing with that? So the answer to this question is is, is a few different parts. And 
the first part of how do you not lose progress when you are sick is prevention. Um, how do we prevent being sick? And that's always where my brain goes first because we can always react and we can always respond to what's going on, but why not be proactive and do things ahead of time to prevent sickness, to prevent getting the cold, to prevent, you know, whatever it may be, doing it ahead of time so that you're ahead of that ball and, and you don't ever really have to worry about being sick. Um, not that it's not going to happen because it is inevitable and each of us kind of comes down with a little something, something every year. And I get that. Um, but why not prevent it ahead of time? So how do we prevent being sick? How do we do what we need to, to support our body and our immune system in order to, you know, not fall victim to that? Because who in the hell, I don't know about you guys. I get so cranky when I'm sick. I get, I'm just, I'm a miserable human being. Everybody around me is like, holy shit, what's wrong with this girl? Like, I just, even if it's like a stuffy nose, I just, I don't have the patience to deal with that. You know, I just, I really don't. I function at optimal levels and that's where I need to remain. So for me, sickness prevention comes down to a few different things. One, adequate amount of rest. Uh, rest is your body's, you know, holy grail of medicine. Is it, it eight hours a night is like, oh, you know, I got five, I got four. Like we now glamorize and glorify like the um, overnighters or the work forever or the, I got up at 3 a.m. to get like, yes, yes, we love the grind. We love the early mornings. I'm all for it. But getting an adequate amount of sleep in your life, a good quality seven to eight hours every single night is one of the best things that you can do to protect your body from injury, from burnout, from sickness, from all of those things. So getting your sleep, drinking enough water. I know you guys have heard me talk about this a million and one times. My hydro jug is quite literally glued to my hip. Um, I just traveled recently and was walking around the airport with it. And the looks that I got from people as I'm carrying this gigantic water bottle, they think I'm crazy. One guy actually stopped me to be like, I forget what he said exactly. Um, I was like standing there waiting to board. And he was like, ah, that's a huge thermos or something like that. I was like, I turned around slowly. I was like, yes, Thank, thank you. First of all, this is not a thermos. Second off, I'm just trying to hydrate out here. So drink your water, get your sleep. Next up is multivitamins. Just giving your body an adequate amount of micronutrients. We're all worried about protein. We're all worried about how many carbs do I eat? Like who out there is worried about how many fruits and veggies that you eat or the multivitamin that you take or the anything you do to help increase and strengthen your immune system. Like don't just strengthen it with like a vitamin C pack as you're getting sick. That's also, that's how, uh, that's even going to make it worse. You need to be doing things on a regular basis ahead of time to make sure that your immune system is really, really strengthened and really, really strong for me. I take the microfactor pack from First Form every single morning. Um, I'm so used to taking pills at this point from all of my gut health supplements and protocols. Um, so that pill pack for the microfactor is kind of just water under the bridge at this point. Now, if you're not a huge pill kind of gal, kind of girl, um, that's fine. They do also have a powdered version. And I would recommend this one as well, because at the end of the day, every multivitamin is not created equally. Every protein powder is not created equally. Like you want to make sure that you're getting an adequate amount of dosage for each of the vitamins that you're taking. You don't just go to CVS, pick up the $5 multivitamin and expect that to be nearly as beneficial for your body as something that is actually researched and tested to prove that the X amount of iron, the X amount of calcium, the X amount of this, that, the other thing in that supplement is actually enough to make a difference. 
So that's step number one. Step number two, I talk about these all the time, my reds and greens. These are two of the key supplements in my routine that allow my immune system to really function the way that it needs to function, meaning that my gut is protected. And your gut, guys, is your second brain. Your gut determines your sickness, your health, your mood, your energy. All of that comes from your gut. And if your gut is not taken care of, you're more susceptible to getting sick. You're more susceptible to being really low energy and being cranky and not digesting your food and not breaking down the nutrients that you are, in fact, eating. So reds and greens, multivitamin, lots of sleep, lots of water. Check, check, check. You're good to go. We can prevent being sick. Now, should you still fall victim to the cold? Should you still get the flu or strep throat? I know I used to get strep throat every freaking month growing up. It was miserable. What do we do? How do we not lose progress when you are sick? So this was something that I struggled with for so many years when I started my fitness journey because I sincerely thought that if I got sick, I sat on the couch for a day or two days, whatever, that I was going to lose all of my muscle. Not only that, I was going to seriously get fat, like just in blank, you know, blunt terms, I was going to get fat. Like there was just no if or and about it. I was like, this is going to happen. And I just felt like a mushy pile of pasta sitting on the couch, just a lazy shit. And I was so annoyed and I used to beat myself up time and time again. I remember this actually got really, really bad um, during COVID. I was super fortunate to be able to go to a friend of mine, had like an entire home gym in his garage. And a couple of us were able to kind of work out there through COVID. So you bet your butt I was working out like a man woman for months and months and months on end because what the heck else was there to do? And there was one time where I was kind of getting sick, kind of just cold congestion. And my mom had to sit me down and basically tie me to the couch and be like, you need to rest. But I was so in my own world of like, if I rest, my progress is gone that I didn't understand it. And throughout the last probably two years specifically, I've started to realize that resting your body when you are sick duh, is the best thing that you can do. Think about it like this. If your body is sick, it's under attack. It's trying so hard to fight off the flu, let's call it. And you, as a crazy person, decide to go to the gym, decide to get some cardio in, decide to hit leg day. All that workout is doing is adding an additional heap of stress to your body. And your body's already in fight mode. It's already at war with this flu trying to get rid of it. And you're going to add in this pile of stress from exercise and movement. And movement is fantastic, but it is a stressor. So when you start to think about it like that, how is your body going to be able to fight off the flu? It's not. How is it going to be able to rebuild from this workout? It's not. So the workout's a waste. Now you're sick longer and you feel worse about it. So when you are sick, guys, please, it is so important that you rest. And resting for a day, two days, three days, a week, even if you are still feeling like shit, it is still important. You don't hit a timeline of, up. Oh, it's been three days, now I need to get back to the gym. If you're still sick, you're still coughing, you still have a fever, you still can't stand up for very long, like, bro, what are we getting to the gym for? For what? Your body's not even able to stand up, and we're going to try to get a leg day in? Like, no, no, no. And I'm kind of talking to past me right now because this was my way of thinking. Um, but the best thing you can do to really, you know, not lose progress, so to speak, during this time is to prioritize the fuck out of your nutrition. 
It's the same thing you would do if you were injured and you couldn't get to the gym. You were kind of sitting on your butt. You weren't able to do things. You were limited. Sickness is the same thing. And especially when you are sick because your body is doing so much for you internally to fight off whatever the sickness is, to fight off the flu. It needs really high quality food. It needs all of the micronutrients. It needs all of the fruits and the veggies and the color in your diet. And 99% of the time, if you add a, a little bit of extra rest and some really high quality food to those couple of days that you're sick, you're actually going to come out of that sickness being like, whoa, I feel a little bit better. I feel a little bit leaner. Okay. I see a little bit more muscle definition. Like all of a sudden your body says, thank goodness that this crazy lady, let me relax. Let me rest. I was able to fight off the flu and she did such a great job feeding me what I needed that I'm going to thank her. And I'm going to give her a little bit more energy and we're going to look a little leaner and we're going to feel a little bit better in the gym and the body image and all of it starts to improve as well. So how do you not lose progress when you're sick? You rest. You give a damn about your nutrition. I know comfort foods are very tempting. I know we all want to all sit there and eat ice cream or ice pops or, you know, have crumble cookies delivered to our doorstep. It's tempting. I know if you need to do it for the first day you're sick, by all means, have yourself a crumble cookie. But from that point on, your main focus, you're zeroed in on how do I really optimize everything I put in my body to help myself heal? Because when you're sick, you got to work in overdrive to help. You're not sitting there making things worse. You're not sitting there stressing out. You're not sitting there worrying about losing progress because all you're doing then is, again, driving yourself crazy and even making that sickness take a little bit longer. So I pinky, pinky promise every single one of you listening, you will not lose all of your muscle mass. You will not you know, be like me and think you're going to get fat in a couple of days. None of that is going to happen if you are resting, you are sleeping, you are drinking water, and you are giving a crap about the food you're putting in your body. Being sick is not an excuse to sit there and do absolutely nothing. Being sick is your reason to rest and every other factor that you typically do for your healthy lifestyle should be kicked into high gear. Question number two reads, and I'm so excited to get into this one. It reads, are you worried that this diet regimen might put you at risk for disordered eating? Well, let me break it down. For anyone who is new here listening to the show or isn't really in tune with what's been going on, for me personally, I am going through a very, very extensive, very restrictive, very rigid protocol to kill off all of the really bad bacteria in my stomach. And I have about a million and one things going wrong in my stomach, bacteria, parasites, the whole nine yards. And in order to fix it, I have to be very, very strict with the foods that I'm eating, the quantity of the foods that I'm eating, and also a ton of different supplements that are individually going in and like helping to kill off all of all of it. So it is super strict. It is, I was actually just talking about this this morning with a friend. It is the cleanest and strictest I've ever ate in my entire life. And that's total transparency. You guys know me. I'm a snacker. I love my crumble cookies. I love my sweets. Do I eat healthy most of the time? Absolutely. But do those things get included in? Absolutely. So this has been going on for me personally the last about 11 weeks now, uh, which is a very long time. It's a very, very long time to be so rigid with specifically my diet, obviously the supplements and everything else as well. So that is kind of what this individual who asked the question is referring to um, with me just am I worried about this diet specifically putting me at risk for disordered eating? And I can wholeheartedly 1,005,000% confidently say no. I am not the least bit worried that this current protocol is going to put me at risk for any sort of disordered eating moving forward. And the reason that I say that 
is because I right now, because of all of this, have never had a better relationship with food ever. Ever, 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 ever. I a thousand percent used to struggle with overeating, um, snacking till excess, you know, feeling that guilt afterwards, you know, taking a rest day and blowing my nutrition, just being very, very consumed with food and when my next meal was and what I was going to eat and what my snack was going to be, whether I was hungry or not. Like a lot of those thinking patterns still popped up pretty regularly, you know, not too long ago. So moving into this protocol for 11 weeks now where my diet is decided for me, I'm following a very specific meal plan. The foods are very, very clean. There's no snacks. There's no sweets. There's no sugar. There's no, I mean, like extra added sugar. You guys know what I mean? All of that having to be cut out, not just because I'm going to cut it out. Like I'm going to be strict. I'm going to be, you know, quote unquote good. I hate when people say like, I'm going to be good this week. Like ugh, that drives me nuts. But I used to tell myself that and then not be able to follow through because like who, like, I don't know, who really cares if I'm good? Who really cares if I cut this out, do this, do that? I'm at a point now where my health, my well-being, my ability to, you know, function as a normal human being moving forward is dependent on it. So absolutely, I'm taking that assignment very, very seriously, and I'm making sure to follow through 150%, not only so that I can feel better right now, but so that I can set myself up and feel better moving forward. So with that being said, I have a very good relationship with my food. I have the same meals every single day. I look forward to those meals. I know when they're coming. I'm, I'm, I'm just like at peace with my nutrition, if that makes sense. And I don't know if that's because a big piece of the like fun side of food has kind of been uh, removed and eliminated from my life, but I'm so grateful for it. I am so great. I have never felt or looked better in my life because my body is finally giving, like I'm finally giving my body what it actually needs right now. I'm listening to what it needs and I'm doing everything, going above and beyond to make sure that I'm, you know, hitting my protein goal. I'm eating the foods I'm supposed to be doing. I'm only eating at this time or that time. And this is not a lifestyle approach. You bet your ass I will not be following this protocol and this regimen as soon as I'm done. But I'm so grateful for it because it's given me that, you know, food freedom in a sense where I'm just like, I'm good. Yeah, I could have a little of this. Yeah, I could have a little of that. Like this meal, that like I, I'm just my thoughts do not revolve around eating anymore. And I think that again is probably due to it being so strict and me being so bored with these meals at this point that I don't really like. I don't really care. Like I'm just going about my day, and it's time to eat. Cool, eat my food, and then I move on to the next thing. And I just look at each meal as literally fuel for my day, or fuel for my workout, or fuel to kill these bacteria. Like. It, I, I truly, I, I can't say this enough. I have never had a better relationship with food. So with that being said, does that not mean that as soon as this protocol is done and I go through all the things, am I going to have, you know, am I going to go out to eat? Yes. Am I going to go eat different foods? Yes. Nothing that I'm doing right now is intended to be permanent. Um, and I get that question a lot too. It's not like I have to eat like this for the rest of my life in order to really see the benefits. Like the goal is to kill off the bacteria in this 10 to 12 plus weeks, then slowly rebuild the good bacteria so that I have the right amount of stuff in my gut to be able to break down and digest regular food, normal people foods, doing the normal thing. So no, this is not forever. And, and because I've now gone through it for so long, I'm of course excited to eat some different foods. I'm of course excited to go eat my protein oats in the morning. I haven't had those in so long, but I'm not looking at food as this all out opportunity for every single meal to go above and beyond and eat to excess. Like it's just fuel. It's just fuel. 
It's it's from to get me from point A to point B. It's to get me through the next four hours and make sure my body's running well. And I, I'm very, very grateful for this. And trust me, I freak out from time to time, probably a couple of times a week being like, holy shit, I don't want to eat the same freaking breakfast again. Holy shit, I do not want to eat the same dinner again. But I do it. And I shut up about it because I know right now that is what my body needs. And I've never been able to have that discipline with my food. Not that I need it. Nobody needs to be this rigid with their meals. Really, really, you don't. But I'm very grateful that I now know that I can be. I now, I feel like I've unlocked this skill within myself to really be able to capitalize on my control and my self-control around food. Like to, to be able to go out to an Italian restaurant with my family and have every single one of them ordering pizza, chicken parm, chicken marsala, bowls of pasta. And I'm just sitting there because I already had my dinner before we came and I'm happy to enjoy the company. I'm happy to be around other people. Like, yeah, the pasta looks good, but like, you know, in due time, I've never had that relationship with food. Any other time in my entire life, I would have sat there and went way overboard on pasta, way overboard on this, eat too much of the bread before the food even comes out, felt like shit about it, stomach hurts, and we roll from there. And it's just, I was so tired of feeling that way, but also felt like I, you know, I could turn it on when I want to, right? I could be disciplined when I want to. Well, this diet has forced me to be disciplined, really disciplined with my food, and I'm very, very grateful for this time. Now, do I wish that it would be done? Fuck yes. I'm, yes, absolutely. And it will be done, you know, in a matter of time. And I'm excited for that opportunity to eat some different foods, but I'm absolutely going to carry that same mindset of food is fuel and food is going to help my body, you know, do what it needs to do and feel its best. And I'm not the least bit concerned about any sort of disordered eating moving forward. Like I said, I think this diet and this regimen actually got rid of a lot of my disordered thinking patterns and behaviors and things like that, that would kind of linger a little bit in the past. I think it really eliminated a good chunk of that. So I'm excited to be done with it. I'm excited to have that, you know, control over my choices and understanding that food really is fuel. And it's actually incredible what our bodies do and respond to when we feed it the right things. And this 10, 12 plus weeks has shown me that time and time and time again. And I can very much pride myself on saying throughout the last 11 weeks now, I think I've, you know, quote unquote slipped or like messed up this diet one time. <laughs> it was on Christmas. My family did a Christmas cookie bake off and I told myself cookies are like my, my weakness here. I told myself going in, I had been like four plus weeks into the protocol at that point, told myself like, you know what? It's Christmas. Whatever cookie wins the cookie bake off, I will have that one cookie. And not to toot my own horn here, but your girl's cookie right here. I won the cookie bake off. I had a chocolate chip crinkle cookie and holy good God, it was so good. 10 out of 10 worth it. That was my only like treat or break or slip up, I guess you could say throughout this diet. And you know what? I had that one cookie. I said, fuck, that was so good. And then I got right back to my next meal. And again, I've never been able to do that. That one cookie, if I've been restricted, and I did this a ton in my past, you can't eat this, you can't eat that, you can't do that. You know, you're going to go to Christmas, you're not having any sweets. I would tell myself these crazy things. And then when I let myself have, you know, a little cookie or whatever, it would turn to two, turn to four, turn to a piece of the pie, turn to this. And then all of a sudden I'm like, I can't even move. I have to unbutton my pants. And I definitely got really, really routine with that in these instances back, you know, I'm talking probably 2017, 2018-ish um, versus now I had the cookie. I was like, woohoo, that was so good. All right, cool. We move on to the next meal, like right back on the plan. And that freedom, that control is 
definitely something I'm taking away from this diet, not any sort of disordered eating. So that's kind of just where I'm at currently with things. And I will definitely keep you guys updated when I can start reintroducing a lot of my normal foods back into my routine. But for now, we are rocking and rolling and we're, we're feeling good with feeling good. And last but not least, question number three reads, what's your take on social media? Personally, I find myself following and comparing myself to a lot of people out there and get discouraged that I will never reach their level. I love Instagram, but I can't seem to get past this. Ooh, I love this question. I love this question. Okay. So going, there's, this is, this is a loaded one. I'm going to kind of go through it in, in chunks here. What's my take on social media just in general? I'm, I'm thinking specifically Instagram. Why? Because that's the platform that I use the most. Obviously, there's Instagram, there's Facebook, there's Twitter, there's TikTok, there's blah, 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 blah. There's a lot. I personally am going based off Instagram, and that's just my, that's my forte. I like that one. That's the one I'm on the most. So my take on social media, which also bleeds into the second part of that comparison, my take on social media is that it should be used well, one, it should be used for whatever you want it to be used for. I mean, everybody is different. Everybody uses social media for different purposes. But I think as a general sense, Instagram, social media, it should be used as a, an inspiration and a motivation and an un uplift others and connection beyond what you may have thought possible. Like if you really start to break down what social media is, it's it allows us to connect with things, with people, with products, with you know a whole world that we never would have been able to connect with. Now, there's pros and cons to that. Pros, how freaking cool meeting all these new people, seeing what their lives are like, getting inspiration from others, learning about different things. There's, there's a whole world out there. Cons, holy shit, you've never been able to compare yourself to more people ever in your entire life, right? The people around you, your friends, your family, you know, maybe celebrities on the news, the TV, that was kind of the layer of comparison. It was friends, family, people close to you, or the people you saw like on TV. And it was very, very realistic to think that, hey, the people on TV, like, yeah, I'm not gonna be there, right? That's not me. And that was fine. But now we're starting to get hyper exposed to endless amounts of people who kind of are in your shoes, but maybe they're doing, you know, 10 different things, or they're taking on a new job, or they're getting promoted, or they're traveling the world, or they just had their second kid, or they just bought a house. And then all of a sudden, you're like, Oh, my goodness, it's like that weight on your chest of like, well, I, I'm not buying a house. And I don't have the money to do that. And I didn't have two kids yet. And so and so has been to 10 different countries. And I've only been to one. And it starts to be crippling. So for whoever's asking this with just comparing yourself and, and getting discouraged. I full transparency. I say, I get it. That that's my immediate answer is like, yeah, <laughs> you and me both. And I take that with a grain of salt too, because I also recognize that my social media, my Instagram, my platform, it has grown a little bit throughout the course of the last couple of years. And I'm super, super grateful for that. And if there has been one thing that I've tried to remain consistent with throughout that growth is that I'm nothing special. There's nothing different about me than any of you. There's nothing crazy that I was given or some luxury uh, penthouse apartment suite that I'm living in. Like there's nothing special. And to me, honestly, going back to this too, like the followers you have on social media, uh, who cares? Like truly from the bottom of my heart, like, do I appreciate people looking to me and wanting to follow me? Absolutely. Absolutely. I will say that till I'm blue in the face. I cannot thank you guys enough for that support. What I'm trying to get at is if someone has, you know, 
20,000 followers or 100,000 followers or 2 million followers. Like never in our lives of society has a follower count, a little number next to your name meant anything. And truthfully, I think moving forward, it still shouldn't really mean much. I always like to look at that as impact. And that's my goal is as the platform grows. And really, I hope anyone on social media, as the platform grows and your number grows and your followers grow, like, are you impacting more people in a positive way? Are you helping more people every single day? Are you chasing that impact and, and that connection and that ability to help? And if you're not, you're kind of just posting because you look good or you, I mean, that, that's fine. Like I said, everybody uses social media for different reasons. I'm talking about personally how I like to use it. So going back to the question being asked too, I'll read it again. It says they find themselves comparing uh, to a lot of people out there and then de getting discouraged that they'll never reach their level. What I want to remind every single one of you of as well, Instagram, social media, it is a highlight reel. And I know that this has become kind of a trend through different people and platforms. We hear this saying, I know I do, I hear it quite a bit, um, but I think it's a reminder that never will get old. There, there's never enough times you can hear this. Instagram is a highlight reel. The people that you follow, the people that you're comparing yourself to, the people that you're getting discouraged because they have this and you don't, they are showcasing the best parts of them. They are showcasing the brightest parts of their day, the most luxurious, you know, sections of their life. And that is it. Most people, not everyone, most people on social media really only show that chunk, that small, let's call it 10% window. And then there's a 90% window of the things that we don't see, the arguments with their seemingly perfect husband that we don't get to hear, the struggles that they're dealing with financially, the hardships that they're going through mentally. We don't see any of that. Um, I do think there's a few accounts out there that really, really do showcase both. Um, I try my very, very best to do that as well because both sides matter. The 10% luxurious, glamorous, look at me, everything's great. And then the 90%, things aren't so hot, Today was a rough day, nothing special about my life. Honestly, things are kind of boring. There needs to be a balance there. So if you find yourself comparing to somebody else's life that you follow on Instagram, recognize that, hey, they're doing a great job, right? I'm seeing all these things. They have a beautiful house. They have an incredible body. They have what seems like a perfect family. Like use that as inspiration use that as motivation, kind of going back to what I said originally, use that to fuel your fire and recognize so-and-so is no different than me. If they can go have a luxurious penthouse suite, so can I. If they can have a banging bod and a six-pack abs, so can I. And I want each of you to use social media in that sense. Whether the individual you follow is putting that message out there or not, I think as the consumer, as the follower, looking through all this stuff, reminding yourself of that on a regular basis, that like, hey, I can do that. I can be her. I can be him. I can do this. But you're going to do it for you. And that's kind of the message I want to drive home here too with that comparison is don't compare yourself to someone else and try to replicate them. I want her house. I want her, you know, apartment. I want her body. I want her, you name it. Look at these things, these people recognize, hey, why do I admire that? Why is that inspiring to me? Why do I look up to that? Figure that out. Answer that question for yourself. And then look inward to say, okay, how can I do that for me? right? I'm not going to have her body. I'm not going to have her house. I'm not going to have her aesthetic kitchen. But let me take a look at my kitchen and figure out what I can do.
Let me work a little magic here. Okay, she has great abs. What can I do? Where do I need to improve? Maybe I've been slacking on the gym. Cool, let's get my butt there. Maybe my nutrition hasn't been great. All right, let's get it going. And with the people that you follow too, recognize that a lot of them aren't gonna showcase that piece. They're gonna showcase here I am, right? Not so much the journey of how they got there, but here I am. And that I think is the most troubling piece is because it it makes it feel so far-fetched. You're seeing their end game, their end result. Maybe they've been working for decades on this goal and they've been doing it in silence. There was no social media. There was no Instagram. There was nothing to really promote it or showcase the struggle, the grind, the growth. But now they're there and they put in all that work. And I think personally, like, fuck yeah, be proud of that. Showcase that, you know, promote that, but don't promote it in a way that says like this happened overnight. And as a consumer, as a follower, don't think that that happened overnight. 90% of the success that people have, it's due to a lot of freaking hard work that we know absolutely nothing about. And if you're following people on Instagram, use their goals and their lifestyle and whatever it is that you look up to and you admire, use that as motivation to figure out where you're at, where you want to go and how to bridge that gap. So that's kind of my take on on social media. I think it's fantastic. I think it's excellent. I think it gives us such an opportunity to help and inspire and push and motivate. And truly, I don't think I would have a a podcast or really any of this if if it wasn't for social media. And I'm very, very grateful for it. And I, like I said, always try to do my very best to be as transparent as possible. You guys know, you guys who've been listening for a while, you know I'm going through the ringer with my gut health. You know this diet's kicking my ass. You know that I haven't had the easiest time moving from Connecticut to North Carolina. Like a lot of these things may seem luxurious. Oh my gosh, she moved and she's this and she's in warmer weather. And no, I'm. it's a struggle. I'm trying to figure it out. I'm doing my best every single freaking day to wake up and just figure it the fuck out. And at the end of the day, whether my social media, somebody else's, whether they showcase that or not, recognize that as a follower that they're doing their best. And just because you are not there yet doesn't mean you won't be. Coming back full circle with you are no different than the people who you look up to. They just may have you know X amount more years of work behind it, X amount more drive behind it. And if you start to put that divide there where you're following people and you're comparing and you're getting stuck in that trap, you're going to create a further gap from where you're at to where they are. When I think the reality is social media should be an inspiration to say, hey, look what they did. Ooh, I want to do that and find a way to do it in your own life. Ooh, I want to be that and find a way to do it in your own life. Ooh, I want to look like that and find a way to do it in your own life. It should be used as an inspiration to really show up as the best version of you. And maybe one day you're going to be posting those things and you're going to be helping other people and saying, guys, look, I was in your shoes. This is what I did to help me. So that's the way I like to look at Instagram specifically, social media specifically, is I want it to be a a light. I want it to be fun. I want it to be real and raw and transparent and not me all done up looking pretty and cute on my story every day saying, ah, this, that, the other thing, like shit's hard. (laughs) Life's hard. There's trouble. There's, there's stress. There's drama. There's all of the things. And whether the people you follow are showing it or not, I guarantee they are going through it as well, because we are all just human beings and we are all just trying to do the best we possibly can every single day. So use it for the light, use it for the positive, and please do not get stuck into that comparison trap. 
And that was the three questions for today. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. I will post the link for additional questions from time to time over on Instagram, as well as in the Facebook group for the Mental Reps podcast. So if you have not joined into that Facebook group and you would like a chance to ask some questions, have me kind of go through things and just pick my brain for whatever it is that's going on in your life, absolutely join into that Facebook group. You can find the link in the description of today's episode, and I will be happy to continue that conversation there. So thank you guys so much for tuning in, and I will chat with you all next week.